G'day everybody, welcome to Wombat Radio. We're chatting with Roman today. G'day Roman. Hey Matt. <laughs> uh, we're still doing it over the phone because of lockdown. Do you want to start, Roman, by telling us who you are? Yeah. Well, my name's Roman Fassinen. Um I am, I suppose I'm a, I'm a dancer, but also... Not just a dancer. Um, I mess around a lot with sort of acrobatics and break things and parkour and martial arts and um, yeah, so a bit of a overall, I suppose, movement person, I guess. Great. And what else? Uh, I'm French Australian, I suppose you could call it. Um, moved. Australia in 2012. Um, yeah, let's go with that. That's enough. <laughs> Is that enough? <laughs> it's hard to know, isn't it? Yeah. What to invoke and what to bring forth into the yeah, space. Yeah, yeah. Because also yeah. you could be like, I am the product of eons of people that managed to survive yeah. just long enough to pass it on. That's it, yeah. Spread the genes, you know, and then, yeah. Uh, when you say that you mess around with a whole bunch of things, do you want to be paint us a picture for what that means that you do? Yeah. <clears throat> well, it's. Um, I think it's uh, like a, a varied interest in practices. I suppose you could call them that. Means that maybe sometimes I don't quite go, you know, 100% into one thing. I think the, the interest lies in, in between the, the different, the different um, skill sets and kind of using what I like within them and then um, just use that as a, you know, source of um, passing time, um, use that to create or just train, you know, I really enjoy it. And so, you know, like if you don't, if you, if you just do breaking, that's all you do. You're going to get really, really, really good. But if you only research it, I suppose, you know, twice a week, you're never going to be as, as skilled as mm. the one who's just doing that. Mm. But, that's what I think it's really, really interesting is uh, being being versatile, having a lot of just random skills, I suppose. Or, yeah. And so you, the thing that you do is train primarily or you also make shows, which I've seen yeah, last I, week. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I've, I've made a few, I've made some short, short works before the one you saw last week. That was my first full length. Flea brain. Um, yeah, yeah. And those, oh, those before I feel were they're a bit weird for me. I didn't have, didn't have a good time doing them, <laughs> but I think that's because I was kind of trying to be something that I that that I'm not. But that's only looking back now. Um, and I think flea brain was was me kind of 
getting to to a point where I'm like, oh, actually, this is the kind of stuff that I'm into, and you know, I'm just gonna just gonna go for it. And that was some some real random stuff, things like clowning, which um, which I mean, I got into sort of um, 2018, so it's about two years, where I have have a lot of circus mates, and I did some work with a physical theatre company who's very circusy, and went to uh, Western Australia to the, the circus festival to do some shows, and they just got I just got exposed to a lot of circus stuff and. The, I think the clowning was the thing that I enjoyed the most out of that, um, and so I took the. I, I kind of just went with. It. I was like, no, this this is what I I want to focus on, just for a little bit, you know. And so, what is then? Paint the picture sorry. for us for what that how that comes through in your shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, so in the when when it's it kind of started as this this little project at, of doing stuff that I think I'm pretty bad at, and that was things like an exaggerated sort of confident personality, which ha- haven't sort of portrayed on stage before. Um, I feel I'm pretty pretty quiet sometimes, on, in a way, on or a bit reserved on on in performances. But and so this little character kind of started coming out, and that was really good because then I could sort of separate myself from from that, and then just kind of go this really silly, over the top place. And it also kind of came out with. Um, a bit existential in that way too, in that because that came out, then I started sort of questioning things about selfishness and, um, you know, where do you draw the line between being too selfish and not, um, and not selfish enough where it's actually a bad thing because you're just worried about everyone else. Um, yeah. And it's still, but still with a very high degree of physicality. I think there there is some skill involved in you know good good clowns really have a lot of physical skill and expressiveness in their bodies. I suppose did that even remotely answer the question? I, I think so. I mean, let's keep going yeah. on this. So you yeah. made a show. And the show was called Flea Brain and it was centered around the idea of things that you're not good at and yeah. but you're going to do them from a character of bravado. Yes. And Well that kind of only came that was the I just went in going, Okay, what what do I think I'm pretty pretty shit at? <laughs> and then then obviously if you spend time doing things you're bad at, you're gonna get better. Which, which was also the plan in some way. Um, but then I kind of just rode with things that happened that I, that felt good, sort of instinctively. And then... Um, what kind of things felt good? Things, com- things that were stupid and comedic. Uh-huh. Um, 
it was like if I laughed at it, then I was I thought I was just yeah, there's a whole process of me just taking the piss and laughing at myself and I thought oh actually, you know what, this is in this is so say then, I, the scene where you use the force to draw a microphone yeah. towards you. Yeah. And that lasted yeah. for a, like a whole song, like six or seven yeah. minutes or something. Yeah. And it's not like the apparatus was hidden so much, but it was still effective. It was effective if we were on board with you, which we were because, I guess, of the character and the performativity. Yeah. And, and then it sets up this anticipation because it's taken so long for you to get the mic and we understand that the mic is an object that is to fulfill a a certain in, uh, uh, relationship with it. Yeah. So there, I guess you're also playing with anticipation, with expectation, as well as when you say, when you say clowning, it seems to me like... Yes, clowning is physical, but you went to an extreme. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah, of course, there's a, there's a dramatic, um, ele- there's a huge dramatic element to it too, um, which is what makes things, uh, I suppose, smart or, or witty and yeah, definitely that anticipation element, but also anticipation in a way where the audience is kind of coming with you. They they know what you're gonna do, but then how do you do it in a way where it's not like, oh, okay, we saw that coming and it wasn't a little bit of an element of surprise, which is really hard. It's really hard to do, <laughs> and the, I mean the string, you could see the string right, and the but. And I thought, oh, okay, the string is there. I'm just gonna go with it as some as yeah. I'll start. I'll start with the force, but then at some point, the string is there. Don't ignore it. Just use it as some really heavy rope or something, and then I see, played I around see. with it for for a bit. And um, there's a transition of relationship going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because also, uh, I didn't see you necessarily grab the string. Ah, uh, yes. And so, the lights went. yeah, there's like a skill, yeah. a sleight of hand in the setup so that we work out as something's happening, not that we see it about to happen. But then it happens for so long that we can see where it's going, but then it transitions yeah. into a different uh, interaction yeah. or a different characterization. I mean, the flip that you're kind of talking about is when you walk out of the beginning and you're wearing a sign that says, I'm sorry. Yes. And then I thought, oh, that's it, because that's a statement in itself. And then you turn around and then it add, there's more words that add context to what yeah. you're now sorry about, which yeah. you're sorry about being that we had to see you in your underwear. But it's yeah, yeah, yeah. we know that you're the director, so we know that you've made the decision. And so there's comedy in that you're apologizing for the thing that you had the power to change that you're not going to change. And then yeah. you leave. So it's not like it was even setting us up for something. 
No, yeah, yeah. So there's like an absurdism. Yeah, huge. Yeah. That. Yeah. And then how does that absurdism play then into your extreme physicality? Yeah. Well, there's, there's, um, I think looking back, you know, I'd I'd love to, to have more time developing stuff. Um, the, I, I think I, the, the thing that was most apparent at the end for, for me was that there were two, two distinct characters and one, the under, there's the underpants one <laughs> who's being, who's being forced to do things he's not comfortable with by the, by the other character really, but they're the same person, but, um, one is a bit more overbearing than the other. Who's the the um the super ego? You know the yeah yeah exactly the thank you. Uh, hey, I'm Roman Hassan, and um, thanks. I would like to thank Roman Hassan and blah blah. You know, very <laughs> very egotistical <laughs> in some way. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's, you know things like that's another thing that I was like, oh, I re- you know, would I do nudity on stage? And I'm like, oh, I, yeah. I'd be a little bit for the right context, I would. And then I was like, oh, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to go out of my underpants and sign, apologizing that I'm, that I'm doing this to them. Because <laughs> it's no one less, you know, not everyone wants to see someone naked, I suppose, or, or almost naked. Um, yeah. Def- yeah, definitely level of absurdism, which was apparent in a lot of scenes in there. And, um, I think those are the, the but that, that's where I wanted to go. It's a bit more carefree, instinctive things that uh, I said before. I was really playing around with and going, um, I'm not going to filter this. I'm just I'm going to work some scenes, and if if I feel good, or at least I want to push myself to be like, no, this is going in, then. I was just being like, yeah, okay, let's go again. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like how yeah. you're saying with the being naked and not being naked and you do it if, the, if it was justified. It's almost like you set up multiple characters so that one of them would be forcing the other one to do all the things. Yes, um, exactly. But, the and- yeah, you go. And it, um, I think I and I also wanted to keep all the big movement stuff at the end, which I was wrecked. But I, but the I kind of wanted to portray this thing, which might not have come across. Who knows? But of of being forced to carry on, even though you're just completely, you know, there's this thing in your head that's like, no, you, you know, you have to carry on. You can't stop. Go hard, go harder, go harder, go harder, go harder. And that's the kind of that same. It's not the underpants character. It's the it's the character that's forcing the underpants character to go out. He's still in there going, no, you you know, you got to you got to show your skills. You got to go. You know, we're forty five minutes in. You you're a bit wrecked. Um, there was a whole there was a duo scene before that, and then. 
Um, I think that's the 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 general ideas I was trying to get across was that there was two there was some something inside me that was telling me to do things that I wasn't necessarily comfortable with or, or good at. So. <laughs> um, with the absurdism and the hyperphysicality, can you talk? us a little bit about how well what I witnessed and tell me what you think about this is that though there was absurdism there was never cynicism or sarcasm or that kind of uh, hiding behind a sense that you could do it if you wanted to but you don't really want to so you're not going to Actually, uh-huh. the skills were f- were f- completely fulfilled, and there was a self actualization and manifestation of potential. Uh, and okay. so there was a what's the opposite? There was a sincerity in the uh, physicality, okay. and I would like yeah. you to talk about that in relationship with the absurdism of the aesthetics of clowning and performing activity. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's tricky. Well, I think a part of it is that is that is that I, I you know, I would never be at a in a practical sense. I would probably at this point in 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 my development, I would probably never get a clown gig because I'm not I'm not a clown. So it means that when I when I was researching, I obviously had all this baggage that came with me, which which was from things like you know contemporary dance and, and break uh, physical theatre stuff. So I, I guess I was I I was tainted by other by other things in making, um, and may, maybe I had. I, have the, the full confidence to go full, full, full clown. Um, and also I had things to say within the absurdism. And one of them was sort of this nihilistic belief that um, things we do, you know, things in life have no norms, rules or laws. And therefore it's kind of uplifting because you can do whatever you want and it really doesn't matter. Um, and so I think that's maybe where the sincerity came in, in that there was a, there was some some introspection du- during during a lot of scenes, during some scenes, set um, up prior to the to the actual physicality and movement scene. Um, so I, yeah, and and maybe as the character, you see him introspecting in that way, and so the absurdism is kind of pushed back a little bit with um, maybe empathy, I suppose. You kind of empathize with the, the character a little bit and you go, oh, okay, he's, he's being absurd, but he's also rationalizing it in some way. Um, yeah. I think maybe that was that was a... That was a thing that that made it less 
less crazy, less clowny, and a bit more safe. Mm. Um, yeah. How did you work in the studio coming up with these scenes? Did you – so for me – as you know, because we've worked together, I often will put on music and just start dancing with or for the other people that are in the room and then something comes up and then I'm excited about by it and then I'll try and work out what it is and try and increase the signal-to-noise ratio. But I know that uh-huh. some people uh, work from an image first up. They just see an image of what something is going to be. I guess the raft that you're working on was kind of similar to that, the leg show where one of the creative teams saw this floating platform and someone above and someone below and then built it out around from there. So I'm keen to hear you talk about maybe one of the scenes in the show and as an example about how the, how you maybe where you started and then what your process was to craft it. Cool. I am um, definitely. I see the image in my head, and then work around to create that as much as possible. But then also, am quite happy during the process to to sort of go where it's going and not not sort of edit it as 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 I'm doing it. So let let the and a lot of the times the absurdism just came from that. I don't. The and absurdism so just, was uh, built in, innate, intuitive. Yeah, yeah. It just kind of came out. Because <laughs> you're like, do you know what? It'd be awesome. And then you did it. And then you're like, wow, that's pretty absurd. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, and then, you know, and then there was the, the, the decision to be like, yes, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with that for a bit. And then, um, then I, but how, how I actually went about it was I created little scenes. And then when they created little scenes with the, the, the idea of, okay, I, I, I perceive myself to be, to be less good at things with text and acting. And so I would create scenes. Such as like, okay, I'm going to do some stand-up comedy, but how do I use my my own my own style of being really really uh, not as outspoken as most as you would expect for for comedy? How do I use that to actually make something that's not that sh- not too shit? Um, and so I just spent a bit of time messing around with really, really bad jokes that are genuinely not funny. But how, how how do you like have the, the, the confidence to, to know it's not funny, but to just sort of pull through and try and have a physicality around it or a, or a persona that makes it at least a little bit funny to listen to where it's, it's not, not that awkward because it can be really awkward trying to trying to hear someone telling really bad jokes that are that they think are funny but that aren't really funny um 
and that was one scene, stand-up comedy scene. So, um, the other one, what was the other one I can use? Uh, um, I mean, it's also interesting maybe to hear about the in-between that were not whole scenes, but you added them in. Like, at one point you're thirsty and you take a drink, but the drink, the vessel is not a water bottle or a cup or a jug. It's a huge stainless steel bucket. bucket. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. is that retroactive? Do you think about, do you make a scene about the bucket and then you go back and you see how you can put it in or do you think, okay, if I have a drink, how can I make that absurd? Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, it's a bit of both, actually. Because, uh, I mean, you know, it was, it was a one-man show. Well, there, there was a cameo in there, which I try to keep as hidden as possible. But, and so essentially I had to do, had to do everything. You know, had, the transitions were up to me. And... Yes, there was one point where I was like, I'm going to need some water at some stage. How do I make it? What is the thing that makes it really silly, absurd way of drinking water? I actually don't remember why it came in, but I just thought of a bucket. (laughs) And how about the... (laughs) the scenes that were choreographed dancing, either the duet or your solos towards the end. Oh, yeah. Like your breaking where uh, uh, a suspender kept coming on. No, the button kept coming undone and then you got to recap a suspender. There's like, there's quite hard and skillful and honed and well-executed dance choreography going on. Yeah, and then sometimes it's undercut, and sometimes it's like undercut by this other thing that you're dealing with, which is classic, a like classic silent film era, Buster Keaton, Charlie Chaplin kind of stuff, and they're doing yeah. wildly. But but then you did it with dance aesthetics, and I wonder yeah. about the undercutting or the supporting, like when the. When you stopped, did you only stop to do up the pant button that kept coming undone when it was going to support or when the undercutting would support or were there sometimes where you actually just had to fix it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, i got to say that the uh, that pants was not part of the plan. It just <laughs> it just wouldn't stay. <laughs> it was really pissing me off. And But then uh, you just kinda, I just kind of went with it for a bit. Um, I honestly didn't plan that in. And for some reason, like when did practice runs and stuff, and even with Alex in there and, and the partnering, everything stayed on. But then as soon as we did the first show, I think just nothing stayed. His his uh, his straps came off and mine. My, when I went on stage, um, one wasn't clipped in, which I didn't realize. And... Yeah, my pants just wouldn't, for some reason, it, um, some bending over movements just unflicked the the little clip. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so I guess when I noticed it, I just kind of went with what felt good at the time. Um, so, yeah, I have to say that. <laughs> um, but your, your question... Um, 
Well, just Can about the, the um, choreograph sections that... Ah, uh, yes. Uh, how, what is the process to make the decisions about what choreography you're going to do and how you're going to do it? Yeah. Uh, there was a few. So one, I'll go through, I'll try to go through all of them. One was, one I, I just thought about doing a partnering section but with no partner. And so it really came across as um, as a very, very clown scene. So things, you know, like lifting someone onto your shoulder with them not being there is a very, very gestural movement and um, not very aesthetically focused, I suppose. And so it, Kind of, kind of looks like miming a little bit, and that was the first. That was the first movement section. Um, the second one was the. I was playing around with this idea of the the person who's forcing the person to do stuff. So, in this instance, the the, the one dancing is being forced to dance, and but with some sort of restriction and that one was um, having hands what well, first it was having the idea of having my hands inside my underwear after I have an itch but that was really hard <laughs> to keep my hands in my pants um, while doing stuff and so the what came was that I tried to tuck my shirt in after an itch and then my hand got stuck to my pants and that was a bit bit easier to manage doing some big stuff without hands. Um, <clears throat> and I really, I, I was, and I'm into, I'm into going hard, but with a restriction of some sort, I think that's really, I find that really interesting. If you only had, if you could only dance on one leg and two, two hands, um, you have to commit, you know, you can only, your hands are stuck behind your back and you have to make the, the most mm. <laughs> sort of big, big reckless choreography in some way. I think that's um, a, a, a Jackie Chan staple as well. Is it really? Doesn't he do that? In his fight choreography, there's often something oh. going on where he's handcuffed or he's stuck to a chair or... He's blindfolded, or the only thing he has yeah, yeah, is yeah. a pair of chopsticks, but everyone else has swords or something like that's that. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. Hmm. And maybe that's, I think that's a very, a very, uh, also a very parkour mindset in that, like, if you, you have to get away, but your arm is broken, you find a way, you know? <laughs> right. And it's, I, that's definitely seeped in, and I reckon, from that. How does that bleed over into the crafting of a performance piece? Because it makes sense to me how then that generates material and that's interesting and you develop it and rehearse it. And then in yeah. terms of creating arcs in the show, it seems like that was also at play in the yeah. you would say, all right, in this, piece, in this part, there's this thing that this person can't do or I'm this character now or whatever. Yeah. Um, 
I guess the question is about how to decide what direction things need to go in. And yeah, okay. How, yeah, how you make those decisions when you're crafting a work. Yes, okay. Well, I, the, I think the, the, decision, the decision came when I had enough material to be able to make decisions because obviously there was it, it was performed through through a venue and so I had to you know it was I have the fulfilled contract where I actually need to have a full show to put on and so when when I had enough where I was where I could relax enough to be to make decisions on okay how got all the material now I need the, the layer on top that is coherent enough to, to to sort of stay true to the character I'm trying to trying to get through and I think um, used it was a, I, I use that sort of external thing that's always there uh, forcing you know forcing me to do things um, so there was that it was, was pretty definitely meta. the Sorry. It sounds like it's pretty meta in that there is this external thing, which is the contract that you've signed. It's forcing you to make the show. And so yeah. you just have to kick out enough material so that you finally can deliver a show, whether it's good or bad. And then you can start making decisions about what to keep in and what to refine and in what direction. But yeah. what happened within the piece itself is that you had various characters and one of those characters was the sort of person that was just forcing you to do shit. Yeah. And it, <laughs> yeah, it's, it sounds very simple and it is, it is. Um, uh, there was, there's, and it, you know, there's probably stuff I don't quite, haven't quite grasped myself yet in it, but it, it was very much the, I try to stay true to to what I was what I was working on or what I was interested in. What the and that was the layering layering the the character and the the heightened sense of self, I suppose, into into a lot of the scenes. And going going there, whether I was whether I was was. I suppose comfortable with it or not, and just committing to to what I said I would do. Can you that one one to myself and two as the as the show concept really? Right, so it's on both. Yeah, it's on many levels yeah. on that. Yeah, hmm. I think I think very practically also, which is uh, you know the. Uh, not necessarily a good or bad thing. It's just the way it is at the moment. <laughs> um, you mean in terms of having to deliver, or in yeah, having right? uh, or also in terms in of being in a studio by yourself and knowing that you have to rehearse. Yes, that, <laughs> um, and in process too, I suppose. Can you, uh, a bit earlier, you were saying about that you had some things that you wanted to say in the yes. show or with the show or with the way that you performed and engaged the audience. Can you 
expand on what those things are and how you said them? Yes. So, uh, a few things was um, that was was nihilism, and but in in a way that that you know I perceive things to. I'm not a full blown nihilist, but there's there's bits in there of not much really matters in the end, and so it doesn't take solace in that and just do what feels right with no rules or no editing of your of your your thoughts or your what you want to put forward really because in the end it doesn't matter that was one um the other was being being self obsessed and kind of a uh, a, a big piss sake on um, as an artist. You really have to, you, in some way, you have to, you have to be obsessed with yourself, but to a healthy level, of course, because you, you know, you're you're always editing your own videos, trying to put yourself forward, the stuff you're always always working on things and then watching it back and being like, oh, oh, that was really good, that was really nice. Oh, actually, no, that was that was pretty shit. Um, always focusing on how you can be better or, you know, things like if you're in, if, if you're, if you're going for auditions, for example, it's all about you, 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 but it has to be all about you, 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 you. And so, and I, yeah, I don't know, sometimes it's really frustrating to, to always think about yourself and how you can, how you can make yourself better, how you can make yourself more employable or fit a certain fit a certain look or whatever um, so there was a huge piss take on that and I had three I uh, and the uh, the the so the other one was trying to live um, fluidly between those and, and recognizing when it's when the selfishness is bad and when it's actually a good thing. There we go. And do you think you worked <laughs> that out or do you think it was kind of... Uh, no. <laughs> it's almost <laughs> like the process of the show was us seeing, instead of seeing the, what's the word, like the normalized mid-ground between all these things... Every yeah. character in the show was the extreme of all of these things, and we got to meet them all and then see them yeah. interact with each other and us. Yeah. Hmm. No, I, I, yeah, I don't think I, I did um, come to a conclusion or figure it out or come to a, come to a deciding point or anything. Um, Are you often trying to do that when you make work? Figure it out. Well. Sometimes no, and also like it's not like I've been making work for for years and years. It's uh, you know, I really two years into to making, I suppose. So, so a lot of the times, yes, but then a lot of the times, go on instinct. Um, and how do and you... obviously that'll change? Yeah, if if 
if the world gets back to normal and opportunities keep <laughs> coming my way. Um, yeah, how, but I, I how think, do you train your instinct? How do I train dancing? No, your instinct. Oh. Hmm. Because I'm sure that's a kind of uh, tracer philosophy as well, is that you yeah. train it into not into you so that then you can trust it. Yeah. We've got it. it uh, improvisation is a huge one. But, and then the decision-making during improvisation is also a big one. Because that... Uh, and this, these are all very not backed by science whatsoever. And <laughs> my own, my own opinions. Um, the, making just making a decision in itself can be more powerful than than um, the quality of something just just by the confidence of making a decision and then going, I've made this decision, whether it's wrong or right. I'm just going to back it and give it everything, you know, 110, 110%. Because that, that's what's nice to watch is someone who's who's going going full out and just trusts themselves to to work it out or, or complete it or whatever whatever they're trying to trying to get across that um, it doesn't matter whether whether it's right or wrong, but that you've committed and you're just gonna you're just gonna commit. Mm. Yeah. And um but yeah, training instinct, that's a, it's a hard one. I imagine that there's some kind of... Uh, tell me if this is not correct, but some kind of bleed over from any of the other training that you've done in your life, uh, whether it be medical or physical or scholarly, into the decision tree this thing that yeah. computer programmers talk about or that psychologists talk about? Yes. Because it's the, the cognitive, that cognitive dissonance of not knowing is, it, to, in my view, is really not useful. It's uh, because if you, when you make a decision, even if it's wrong and you've recognized it, it means that you know for next time what worked and what didn't work, and that that's okay. Also, it means that you know for now instead of saying staying in a place of not knowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and improvisation in many things in in movement, also, it's like um, theater improvisation is really uh, I'm really useful too, and clowning improvisations, um, yeah, all kinds. Because you learn it, you know, you, there's a dramatic presence that you can get from from theatre theatre practices and and whatnot, which are really powerful. So yeah, but uh, I, you know, I'm under the view that the, the more things you can do or know confidently, the more decisions you can confidently make mm. on the spot. Mm-hmm. The, the more options you, the more options you have to choose from, because there's somehow more contextual awareness of how those things might play out over time. Yeah, yeah. 
anyway, it's a long, t- it's a yeah <laughs> process, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, do you have? I guess the question I usually like to wrap up with is, what is your biggest hope for all of the effort of training and? making work and presenting it and asking questions and inviting people along. Yeah. Oh. I think my, oh, it's, my biggest hope is that, is that I can enjoy it for a long time, to be honest, and not, and that it's okay if, um, if things only come up every now and then, I suppose, with making, and that that's okay. But the, I think the process is the process of doing it is is intrinsic in some way. In that, uh, I just want to be able to do it for a long time. Really, good good way to spend time. It sounds really basic, but you know, why do we do half the stuff we do to, to enjoy <laughs> life? To enjoy life, really. Time. Yeah. 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 And it it is really at that basic level, and that yeah, I yeah, <laughs> just want to enjoy living, you know, and doing the things that things that sort of light the fire. Mm. Yeah, Where do but you... having said that, it would be really cool to to gain you know gain some momentum from from it in some way, whether it's like, you know carrying on making stuff, finding. Finding like a, a thing, you know, a way of of making work that that is really me, I suppose. Um, yeah, I'd love to do it till I'm like sixty, you know. But who knows? <laughs> who knows? Who knows what'll happen? Mm. Yeah. When, when did where did you train in these things? Uh, I trained at a place in Melbourne called the Space, which was. Uh, uh-huh. In, it was a, that was contemporary? Yes, that was it, yeah. And then it was then, you train before that in parkour? Oh, yeah. Trained everywhere. <laughs> no, like, yeah, wherever. Um, Tassie, I lived in Tassie, trained there. Lived in Victoria, Melbourne, trained there. Travelled to, to Perth, to Adelaide, do some training, um... Just where, yeah, wherever. Wherever I was living, actually. And were you doing it when you were living in France? Uh, no. I left France when I was, um, when I was six. I went back when I was 18. Um, only for about a year, but no, funnily enough, no. And throughout that whole, you know, when I was training, when I was doing parkour and stuff, uh, I wasn't just doing parkour. I was, you know, I was breaking. I was doing kafuera. I was doing a bit of tai chi. Research. I don't know. I just went through this huge phase of just researching a bunch of, bunch of stuff, really. And then putting them but, into your body. Yeah. Yeah, I exactly. think it's a an important distinction to make there. Knowing something and understanding it is different. Like you can read about shit to know it, but you, it's not until it's somehow embodied. There's an understanding that is not there yet. Yeah. 
And I think it's really important to go to the right people to learn from also. Mm. If you're serious about you know, if you're serious about it. How do you and then that? get Yeah, no, I don't know, you kinda of just it just feels like it's like it's for that moment it's enough that like they feel good to learn from. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's a genuine there's sort of a genuine energy I think that you can most people can tell. Mate, is there anything else that I haven't asked you that you want to talk about? I know you've made shorter works and you're also in other people's works and you've, I think you've also danced in some films for people. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, not really. <laughs> I think you've, uh, you've asked, asked enough questions, Matt. Any, uh, <laughs> that's enough <laughs> from you today. <laughs> Any, um... Pearls of wisdom or epiphanies or something you want to leave us with? Like quite quite often, I like to remember that a show will be over, but I have to keep living after the show is over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But maybe you have your own version of those things. Yeah, well, funny enough, like uh, there was, you know, show was over. It was part of March dance, and then there was, you know, the next. Had a had a bit of a rest on Sunday, and then on Monday it was like go 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 again, and then every single cancelled because of the coronavirus. But then the epiphany was <laughs> really, I I need to slow down a bit first of all, and be a bit more be a bit more selective about you know I start saying no to things, which is a good a good good realization to be to be I think in my think the uh, the biggest thing is that I don't know whether it's you know maturing or getting older or whatever or, or whether it's specific to having made uh, flea brain is that I, I, kind of, I know what I want to really spend time on for the next little bit um, and that feels good to know knowing is nice <laughs> not, know, not, not knowing what you want is really shit <laughs> um, yeah, how, when you're talking about um knowing what to say no and yes to and what to pursue how how do you know um yeah okay one probably has to feel feel right to the whether the 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 process will will um What's the word I'm looking for? Will be productive in for myself as a like nourishing as, on a long term. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is again very selfish, right? <laughs> but it, but it, but it's it's important, I think, for for me really. Um, not backed by science again, um, but and I suppose the. Not necessarily who it's with, but the, whether the, whether yeah, whether it's in the, with the people around, whether that is nourishing too, or you know, it's hard to bang your head against something for for an outcome which you're not, you know, you're not keen on or whatever. Yeah. Nice. But the 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 um 
this sort of uh, not upskilling, but whether that for me, whether the process of it will be beneficial, is really big, big thing for me. Mm. Yeah. And how do you know if it might be or might not be? Good question. That's a good question. Feels feels good. Yeah. It feels right. Thanks, Ro. And but also the things like some really cool partnering. I think I'm really into. So if it's if it involves things where I can learn learn stuff, see, learning is really important. And so that would be one. Um, and if it's just a really cool concept where you're being pushed, I think is also really cool. No worries. Thank you.